Yes. So hit your video again. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know what the deal is. Why is it? So, so when I press this, it says stop video. And then I just click start. There we go. All right. That's weird. Maybe it's catching you in like model poses. Like uh, the first one was like this. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. So this could this could be interesting. This is what may be the debut episode of a brand new podcast called Jukebox Deep Dive that I'm doing. <laughs> I, of course, will be the host, Chris Osborne. Kyle Wolf, I'm hanging out with. How are you, buddy? I'm great yourself. Living the dream, friend. Living the dream. So for anyone that may not know Kyle, uh, like that's impossible not to know, but Kyle is the man of no hype beer reviews you can find all his beer review videos of course on youtube and also his episode no we weren't we've done live i forget what we've done we've talked a couple times was it yeah those were just virtual happy hours yeah yep. Yep. i think we did something on my channel i think and then we've done yep. stuff on yours yeah yeah so we are virtual drinking buddies that's uh <laughs> it's true that's kind of that's what this has blossomed into <laughs> maybe someday in person but right now i know in person's overrated now <laughs> and i i say debut episode because this could be uh, this is something new i haven't done this before we're gonna deep dive into some some favorite albums amongst myself or whatever random guest i have on per episode uh we'll be talking all kinds of newfound glory stuff in a second but again i'm using all kinds of vague possibilities because this could either go great or be a total shit show in which case i never put this out and i have more time for video games <laughs> fair so i don't know man i got like my ego's gotten to the point where i need to be on all the podcasts i can be on now <laughs> you need one of each <laughs> i do i like two wasn't enough i need to go for three and then i need to be on others as guests where i don't have to do anything it is easier. <laughs> that is the fun part. Another reason I'm waiting until uh, this podcast is so new. I have no logo. Uh, I have episodes planned. And I plan to record a bunch before putting any out. <laughs> so hopefully I can get people's attention. And we'll see what happens. But I thought it would be fun. Honestly, I got my inspiration from this from listening to Krista Makes from Less Than Jake does a podcast. I'd be lying if I didn't credit him to say I caught the bug of wanting to do a music one after listening to him because he talked to all kinds of favorite artists from bands I listen, love and listen to. So I'm like, fuck it. Let's just do it. It's not like I don't have enough going on between a full-time job and two podcasts. <laughs> well, it's appropriate too because I see that they're touring with Newfound Glory. So it, I know. I saw that. Uh, <laughs> oddly enough, I didn't. I haven't listened to all of his episodes because he has a bunch out already. But I started listening to him at work. I don't think he hasn't talked to anyone from Newfound Glory. But I suspect if they're going on tour together, I would <laughs> hope to see an episode about one of their songs soon. Unlike that podcast, we're going to talk a whole album here. Kind of go through it loosely. We're, I picked sticks, sticks and stones for this one. Still there, right? Yeah. Did I freeze again? Yep. Again, podcast so new. I haven't used Zoom in so long. We're having. Uh, the important thing is the audio is not cutting out. <laughs> true, true. Well, we're going to talk sticks and stones. I ran this idea by you. You jumped to you about the chance to talk about this album. Very excited about it. And I haven't listened to it. And honestly, I haven't listened to the album all the way through in years. I've, of course, heard Head on Collision or My Friends Over You randomly throughout the last few years. Two songs that, have, that haven't faded away, honestly, since the album came out. I think that's how you know you wrote a good song of course it's been 18 years 20 almost this album came out in 2002 uh so why were you so excited about sticks and stones i mean i'm a big newfound glory fan and um i do love this album i was i remember like it coming out I was super nervous because i liked the one the self-title that came out before this so much and i was super nervous because i had really liked blink White two's dude ranch and they got a little bit, you know, Great. bigger. And then their their next album, Enema of the State, didn't land as hard for me. No, but it they, like, it fucking exploded. But but then yeah, that was a very much a me thing because clearly everyone else on planet Earth was like, no, this is this is what we want. But um, it, it was a little overproduced for my taste anyway. So I was like, man, Newfound Glory's got like they're kind of jumping up. I hope I don't have the same 
you know, experience where I was so into the album before and then the new one I'm not going to be as into. And then I got this album and I was all the way in. I was, I, I loved it at least as much as the self-titled album. And uh, yeah, I, I do. I really love this album. And like you said, I hadn't listened to it all the way through in a while. Uh, I got a new car recently and they give it a Sirius for free for whatever, three months or whatever. So I've been listening to the Faction Punk Station and you're right, they play uh, My Friends Over You and something, or um, a Head on Collision, decent amount. So I, I've been yep. like hearing those songs, yeah. By the way, quick shout out. I'm drinking a beer. I don't know if you mm. are as uh, you're in your model pose again, but a quick shout out to Common Roots. I'm drinking their Good Fortune IPA. Uh, yeah, drinking, quite tasty. Uh, Prison City's Mass Riot. Nice. I, uh, I've come across their table at a beer event or two and had a little sampling of one or two things but i've never had uh, a full prison city beer experience they're worth it that's what i hear yeah but i i got into newfound glory with i don't know i can't recall if it was with their debut album nothing gold can stay i think is what it was called and then the self-titled came out hit or miss kind of started to get people's attention of course that song got real catchy that was getting some radio play and looking into the history of this album that's the nothing gold can stay their first album it's funny you bring up blink 182 and dude ranch that that caught mark hoppus's attention from what i was looking into and so this album came out in 2002 what was it about mark hoppus i read he yeah Mark from Blink-182, super impressed by their self-titled album, actually. So it was their second album. But you say hit or miss. They had uh, they put the song on both albums, yeah. which I keep forgetting. And I think now, if you go back, after the self-titled came out, if you look at hit or miss, look at Nothing Gold Can Stay, it even says old version. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember what the differences are, but fucking hit or miss, as soon as I heard that, I was hooked. Like, I love the, um, I love the self-titled Dress to Kill was on there. I forgot what else. It was all kinds of good stuff. So got Blink-182's attention, went on tour with them. It's funny because I think Blink's manager uh, met Newfound Glory, eventually started managing Newfound Glory too. (laughs) (laughs) I like, so it it was kind of, uh, kind of funny how full circle that came from at least Mark Hoppus. But, you know, touring with Blink-182 because they were blown. I don't remember when enema of the state came out as opposed to 99 was it so yeah so tour with blink 182 was a big deal at the time did you see that tour i was lucky enough to be able to see it so it's funny you say that i don't recall seeing newfound glory with blink 182 i flipped through i have this old we recently moved and i found my uh, old like sports card collection book, which I stored a bunch of ticket stubs in. And I went l- old ticket stubs, a whole bunch of them. And I went looking through it to see if I could find how many newfound glory stubs I could find. I found three. Nice. Uh, two were actually newfound glory. So, so I saw newfound glory. I may have seen them like four or five times, but these are all I have stubs for. Saw them with good Charlotte on the civic tour in May, 2003. So this was a little less than a year after uh sticks and stones came out which was june 2002 saw them at northern lights in 2004 which i remember that one that was a great show and then one of my favorites a warp tour ticket that ian the bass player signed oh cool very cool i caught him either coming on stage before we went on stage or just after fans warp tour gillette stadium where the patriots play i have other warp tour tickets and I've, i've haven't saved every ticket i've ever had so i'm sure i've probably seen them more but they fucking they put on a great show and this was you know really get into the i would say probably heading towards the peak of that pop punk yeah. uh explosion yeah exactly we probably have seen them about the same number of times that i've seen them open i've seen them be the headliner i've seen them at warp tour and yeah this is this is when that genre was huge this is when they were huge um yeah i mean definitely built off self-titled but then when this one came out I mean, this album, I think this sold a million copies. I mean, I think this... Yeah. Yeah, so what I know, like I said, it came out June 2002, charted at number four on the Billboard uh, at the time, 
after it sold 91,000 copies or so in its first week, which is, again, they're not, they weren't really a known band. Yes, they were getting a little attention with hit or miss, but for them to put this album out, get to hit number four before My Friends Over You even really got big. That was impressive, you know, on their end. And then looking back, it's funny. When I look at my favorite albums and listen to them, I like to see who produced them. Mm -hmm. And looking at the producer, his name was Neil Avron, who acted as the producer and all kinds of other things on the album. Uh, He got into producing with another one of my favorite albums, Everclear's 97 album, So Much for the Afterglow. That is probably one of my all-time favorite albums. Big Everclear fan from back in the day. I know they've had like their last two or three albums I've just kind of ignored. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. But yeah. But I loved I loved so much for the Afterglow and the few albums after that. So like seeing that, I like making that connection. I always find that impressive. And it, he had like other successful albums that he produced from Switchfoot or Switchfoot. I don't know what I just said. Fallout Boy, Yellow Card, Weezer. So it looks and Anne Berlin, who I was a big fan of. So it looked like he was you know heading in that pop punk direction. But then you see that he created headlines in 2010 because he was involved in the production and mixing of three separate number one albums right in a row and you wouldn't know it from the bands i just said but apparently he helped produce disturbs asylum which i've i've never been a disturbed fan i just can't stand the guy's voice no uh sarah Bareilles's kaleidoscope heart and lincoln parks a thousand sons it's a it's pretty weird variety that is it's a very yeah, but i mean plus all the ones you mentioned before that, that it's a very eclectic palette of music yeah but like i think that goes to show i suppose his talent as producer and you know what fits the mold for who he's working with and what he can get out of him i'd like to think agreed yeah so album debuted at number four i don't know if i think that was the highest it ever got but uh why do you say we start talking about some of these songs all right jukebox deep dive i want to go kind of loosely track by track here we'll tell about talk about our thoughts any memories on you know related to this album and everything like that let's uh so and it's funny i listened to this album a bunch of times this week between work being at home i even listened to it a few more times today because i take took it excuse me half day and i was doing some cleaning so i just threw it on again but i would try to listen to and this album's like i said it's a fucking party album It's, it's, I mean, it's kind of just nonstop party songs, even when it slows down a little bit all the way through. But I would try, you know, relaxing before going to bed, putting this on with headphones, and I'd start to get pumped up again, and I'd have to stop. <laughs> I mean, and right from the first song, I mean, it just, it, yeah, like you said, it just, it grabs your attention. You, you know, it, for the most part, it's gonna be a very fast album. Like you said, it, it's, there's a couple slower songs, not super slow, but then they get right back no. to, to the speed. And um, yeah, understatement, I think it's just, it's such a good first track to hook you in, you know, like it's so interesting now. And I think it happened back then too, where people just like singles, but if you liked this kind of music, there weren't a lot of singles, like like these guys had singles, but a lot of bands that sound like them, you wouldn't maybe catch singles. So I was always listening to full albums, you know, and uh you put this in and you just yeah it sets the scene you know what you're going to get with this album i just i think it's a great first track it is um i love when it comes out well you you got to know the band you're listening to when you're listening to a pop punk album or rock album i want the first song to come out and just kind of punch me in the face and that's what understatement does and to your credit like uh they have two songs on this that really blew up as singles but i'm at some point early on when I was listening to music as a kid, yeah, of course, I loved the radio. I loved singles. And then as I got more into music now, I, I need that full album experience. I want to experience the whole album, even songs I don't like as much to kind of get a picture musically of where the band is and things like that. And understatement, it's a great opening track. I probably couldn't have, I couldn't have picked a better opening track on the album based on the songs that are on there. It's tied. I have a hard time picking my favorite song from this album and, I'll go more into that as we go through. I, it's probably like a three-way tie for me. Okay. But and I hate using the word banner, but understatement's a banner. <laughs> it is. No, it is. And it's funny because I also was trying to think, like, what's my favorite song? I was able to pick one, but it was partly experience. 
because if it was just based on the music itself, it would be really hard to pick a favorite on the album. Yeah. Um, but understatement, like you said, I don't know which song you pick to go first that would make more sense to have as your opening track. I mean, I just, I think it was the perfect, it's just, yeah, it is. It, just, it grabs your attention. It's a great hook. It's awesome. Yeah. Balls to the wall. The way I like yeah. to start off. It's the way, unless I'm listening, of course, to a singer songwriter. But when it comes to a rock album, that's the way you got to start your album. And I think that was a great way to go. One of my three favorites on this. But of course, that goes into My Friends Over You, which I suspect we'll spend a few minutes on here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, great choice for a single. I, speaking of like listening to whole albums, one of my favorite things would be to get an album. And then like maybe your favorite song on it, or, or maybe you try to, and maybe I'm the only person ever did this, or like you would like pick, what's the second single gonna be? Cause like when the album comes out, they probably had a single being played. And this is one of those ones where I was like, I think this would be a really good single. And I think they, you know, like make a video for it, try to get some radio play. So I, I was super stoked when they did do that and I uh, love the video. It's goofy, it's fun. You know, it, it's just, and like a lot of their videos especially that time had been very fun videos. I mean, that first hit or miss video had freaking Corey Feldman in it, you know I mean? Just like ridiculous. <laughs> and I think the second one had, uh, what's her face from the real, uh, Julie from the real world. Like they were doing like these, like what, what? list celebrities in their videos and stuff. Was uh, it, was Feldman in hit or miss? Isn't, is that the one where they wake up in the hotel room? And they're tr trying to get in the van to get to the show or something like that. That's the second video for the song. The, the oh, okay. one might even be for the old version of the song. Now I think about it. Yeah. I, Cause I'm pretty sure they used that as a single for the first album as well. And then they redid it for the second. Yeah. There's like a skate park and he's a police officer chasing them. I'm always yeah. curious, like, because that happens every once in a while. You get a band that re-records a song, puts it on the same album. I and it always intrigues me as to why they think, why they chose that path. Less than Jake did it. In fact, I mentioned Less than Jake. They did it. Uh, I forgot the name of the song, but I know they've done it once. Yeah, because they did. Was it? I think at least once. Maybe it was just one. Like, was it Johnny Quest sings for sellouts? I think that was on two albums. Because there was. Well, it was on Anthem and then Gainesville, Gainesville, Florida. I think. Uh, Look what happened the last time. I think that was the song. They did that twice, maybe. But yeah, so Hit or Miss was on both those albums. But my friends over you, you. Did, the, I did watch the video because I vaguely remembered it. It's kind of like an indoor little party scene, and of course they have. You got to watch it a few times to kind of get in all the jokes. But it is a good video. I'm not gonna lie. Look, seeing like Jordan's face. He does have a a bit of an obnoxious, kind of up, just an obnoxious looking face. <laughs> it's that Quentin Tarantino-esque face. <laughs> but man, talk about songs fucking blowing up. I don't know. Like they picked this for a single and they nailed it. This may be one of the, for me, one of the catchiest freaking pop punk songs I've ever heard. Probably. I agree 100%. I mean, it's got that as soon the distinct opening notes to the song that they play throughout the song. As soon as they play those first few notes, you know what's coming. There's a couple songs on this, but this one probably stands out the most. And I think I did find some fun notes on this one. What was it? Oh, by the way, background vocals on understatement. Uh, members of the hardcore band H2O chipped in there. Yeah. I have all kinds of notes. Like I have two different documents. <laughs> documents. Again, this is my first crack at this, so I didn't know how prepared or underprepared I'd actually be. <laughs> so good. I think we're so H2O guys in the video for my friends over you. They may have been, honestly. I, I don't know what they look like. Yeah. I think they I think at least the singer might have been. Yeah, Toby. Yeah. The group wanted after because hit or miss was starting to get them some attention. So they wanted to write a song uh that would kind of match the popularity of that. And that's how they ended up with My Friends Over You, which I would say they met and exceeded those expectations. And I see this a lot when I find songs on an album I really love. Uh, last song written for the album. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that's crazy. It's almost like um, because there's been time, other albums I was listening to find a song I really love. When I hear the band talk about it, they, like they almost just threw it away and scrapped it. 
like that happened with Rise Against their song Savior, uh, which is probably their most popular, most streamed song now. That was a throwaway song for them, and they kind of just put it back on the album last minute. Walk the Moon. I don't know if you're fans of, a fan of Walk the Moon. They have a song called Aquaman. I think it's the last song. Uh, Talking is Hard, their second album. That was like the last song for that album too. And that's my favorite on that album by far. I remember my friends over you. I don't remember if it was 2002. Was that the Napster days? Yeah. Because I remember driving to Myrtle beach and I had a burn CD with my friends over you on it before, before the album came out or else I would have had the album in and just fucking cranking it. Like the whole three hour drive when I lived in Mm -hmm. South Carolina. Yeah, I remember. Getting, yeah, that, that was one of the exciting things about Napster was like these songs before the album came came out. I remember getting some Jimmy Eat World songs before, like, uh, oh crap, what was that song from the uh, the middle? Like getting that song early, I was like, oh, this this album's gonna be awesome. Like this song, if, if the rest of the album's anything like this song, it's gonna be such a great album. It was, yeah, it was. Oh man, what a time! What yeah, because be alive when Napster hit, dude. And the middle was out the year before. I think that was two thousand one. I believe it was, yeah, because they had the title that, that yep. Bleeding American. Yeah, just yeah, because that literally came out like a month or two before 9-11, and they took yeah. the Bleed American name off the album for a yes. little while. Yeah. Uh, oddly enough, I remember here in the middle as I was driving through Myrtle Beach the year before. <laughs> nice, yeah. It's oh, such a good song. But anyway, yeah, the, the Napster days of getting those songs at all, but let alone early, it was awesome. Yeah. But uh, And it's funny because you hear My Friends Over You, this is it's the song that put the band on the map. I don't think there's any question about that. It got them, uh, it got their name out there. Like they were doing all kinds of shows after this. I think head on collision probably sealed that. Uh, I will get to that in a little bit, Uh, but my friends over you, just a song about a guy going out with a girl who she hates his friends. She wanted to take their relationship to the next step. And the guy chooses his friends over the girl. Again, most of the songs on this album, I think probably like most pop punk songs about girls. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly right. And you can you can see why that would speak to a lot of people. And although it's being sung by a guy, I'm sure women could also feel the same way easily, you know, at least with a chorus. Well, I mean, I think I feel like that's uh, kind of where the talent as a songwriter comes in. Like, obviously, you may be talking about the opposite sex. Or even the same sex. I don't depend on, you know, who you were with or dating. But you, if you write it just right you, to make it appeal to everyone, <laughs> yeah. I think I think that's a special skill. Yeah. One And one of the things I noticed is this album was going the long. The lyrics, like all the songs flow. And I'll talk more about that at the end. But lyrically, everything flows, too. Like uh, there wasn't any spots in this album where I just felt like lyri- like the lyrics didn't fit. Yeah. or the rhyme scheme or whatever you know how when it, however he was trying to articulate that i thought that all flowed as well i don't know man just my friends over you they not they nailed it on this one and i'm curious when you make a song like that if you have any inkling just a tingle of how you think it's going to go over and could go over popularity wise yeah exactly I mean, like you said trying to write something that could maybe hit like hit or miss did and then it did (laughs) it was a hit (laughs) and i didn't know this until i started looking into it more so the band was a five piece up until uh maybe five years ago or so maybe a little longer Uh, there's a guy in the band steve klein who was a rhythm guitarist not in the band anymore i believe he was hit with some uh legal issues involving child pornography and he was kicked out immediately. But uh, I didn't know this, like I said, until I looked up. He was pretty much almost the main lyricist. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, because I remember thinking when he got kicked out, like, can they write lyrics like without him? I didn't, you know, I, I didn't know, you know, if they progressed beyond that. Yeah. And you know, that's not obviously. You see a band, you see, you hear the singer, you hear the words. You just always, yeah. most of the time, assume the singer's the one writing the words. And I mean, Jordan, the singer, was writing some of the words, but I think a lot of the writing fell to him, the the guitarist Steve. All right, what's Sunny? I really like the song Sunny, and I feel like remembering. I didn't like. I would skip it from time to time when I first got the album, but I've I love this song now as i listen to it again 
it, it shows, I think, some growth. It's slower than the first two. You know, it's about death, right? Like his grandfather died, I think, is right, yep. what he wrote the song about. And, you know, when, when this came out, you know, I was, what, 20? No, I wasn't even 20 yet. So, like, yeah, saw maybe about death. I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't remember specifically skipping it or not. But if there was a track on this album at that time, probably would have been the one I would have skipped. And like you, it has grown on me to where I really like that song. Yeah. Yeah, this was a song that definitely I remember it growing on me at the time because uh, I would skip it occasionally back when I had the album and was listening to it. But, now, you know, it now it's towards the top of, as one of my favorites. Not in my top three, maybe number four, maybe number five. I don't know. I love every song on this album almost. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the funny thing about this, because even if I said this is my least favorite, and I don't know if that's even true, but I said this is my least favorite song, I still love that song. You know, it, it is, it's one of those albums where, yeah, like I love every song on it, so I could rank them you know, all the way through, and then that may give someone the false impression, well, that last one you must not like. No, 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 still love it. Yeah. What's great at this point, obviously, you have, you know, the punch you in the face on the start of the album. You go into the what's arguably, arguably their most popular song, second on the album, still fast-paced, an iconic guitar riff for the band, at least. And then you get to a point where you slow it down. So it's a nice going to the third song, nice place to slow down a little bit. And even when we say slow, it never really gets that slow on this album. Yeah. But uh, it's a nice change of melodies. And one thing I'm always impressed with bands is just when they quickly change melodies. I Like if they're done right, it can really boggle my mind, <laughs> mind yeah. just because of the musicianship and practice that goes into that. But yeah, this is a great third song. It's a good time to slow things down. Uh, he did. Yeah, Jordan did write this about his granddad dying from what I was reading. Yeah. Also, lyrically, content wise, it's a nice change from girl songs. Yes, exactly. No, that's what I'm saying. Like showing some growth, which is you know musically and lyrically, pushing themselves out of their comfort zone. I would assume. So yeah, no, I mean, it, and like you said, you had two really fast songs, and then yeah, by the third song, slow it down a little bit. Which I don't want to jump the gun talking about the fourth song, but <laughs> I do. The, the, they immediately yell, "Let's go!" Almost, I wonder, acknowledging, "All right, we just had a slow song." Now we gotta oh, yeah. let the listener know we're back up. You know, we, we amped it back up. But yeah, sorry, I don't, don't want to get ahead of it. No, no. Well, let's go. Let's go into something I call personality, because also you're right. They <laughs> quick scream into the microphone, "Let's go!" and then they're right back in your face again. Yep, exactly. So I'm curious. Like, if I was in a band, I would obsess over track listings for my albums and how I wanted the songs to play. Yep. And uh, so I assume. I mean, I would like to assume most musicians do that if they're putting out on the album. <laughs> I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. And just as understatement is such a perfect opening track, I think this is a perfect song to have after Sonny to kind of yeah, amp it back up. And it just, I, I've seen them perform this song live. I think every time I've seen them since this album came out. And it just, to me, feels like one of those songs that I, I, I could imagine when they were writing it. They're like, this is a song we're going to get the crowd going nuts when we play it live. It is. And I I'm, I mean, I'm pretty confident the three, at least three times I saw them, this was this was pr like always in their set. Yeah. And what's funny is like, I feel like I should like this song more than I do. Like, I like it. It's, you know, fast paced, but it doesn't, it didn't, certainly doesn't grab me the way Understatement and My Friends Over You does. Interesting. I, I don't disagree i i do happen to like when i'm looking at my notes this is the song i wrote the most about which <laughs> is interesting I, I do love this song i think so one of my i, I have several newfound glories uh, stories i think this is the song where this story happened so i was seeing them with green day uh they were opening obviously green day was you know it might have been american Idiot. i mean it was it was green day was huge so it was an arena yeah. show uh rochester new york it was um What's that Blue, Blue Cross Blue Shield Arena? And I'm a relatively tall guy. So, like, I was up front in the crowd, probably easy to see. So, Jordan got into the uh, crowd to put the microphone in people's faces to sing. And I had already chipped the tooth, it had been <laughs> fixed, but he re chipped my tooth. 
<laughs> huge stadium, you know, full of people. He's not singing the song. They're still playing it. He and I are having a conversation about how it's okay. My girlfriend at the time, her mom worked at a dentist. Uh, they'll fix it for free. It's, it's no worries. We don't have to meet after the show to, to figure out, you know, paying for my chip tooth. Or I'm like, no, no, everything Holy. is totally fine. But again, whole theater, whole, not theater, whole uh, uh, arena of people have no idea. Him and I are having this conversation. Holy I shit. Know why not singing? And I, I'm pretty sure it was this song. It was... It was one of the crazier moments of my life. I'm like, the world is not stopping. Like everything, everything's still going, and only a few of us right here know that he's talking to me about anything. I don't Dentistry, really even, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, like, but you can imagine too, like with all the noise, the speakers, the crowd trying to convey to him, you know, yeah, it's gonna be okay. She'll she'll have the dentist fix it for free. Like it was just, it was such a weird freaking thing to happen. Oh man. Um, but yeah, I was pretty sure it was this song. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's great about this song is, and I I know exactly why they put it in their set list, I'm sure, every show, is, again, it's fucking just straight up get the blood flowing song, easy lyrics, yep. minimal lyrics, honestly. There's not a lot yep. lyrically going on in the song, yep. but it, it it's just a straight up rocker to get people going and jumping again. Exactly. The interesting note I did find on this song, so their bass player, Ian, couldn't play bass on this song. I don't know why. I don't know if he was unavailable or something the day they recorded it. So Mark from Blink-182 was playing bass on this track. It's so crazy. That's I, insane. I didn't know that till you sent me that those notes. I, 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 I never knew that. Yeah, me either, man. Mind. Yeah. Like some of, some of the stuff I jotted down here, I, I, have, I didn't know until I jotted it down here this week. <laughs> And like, I'm sure it's in the liner notes on the album, which I would have read, but like, I don't remember all those people who did backing vocals on those tracks. Like I, I just, or, or maybe I did know, and I just forgot, but like, I, I, I had no memory of that when you sent me those notes, like, oh, Alkaline Trio sang on this, you know? That one I had no idea either. And yeah. we'll, we'll get to that. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that yeah, one's sorry. coming up. I, I almost forgot which. Oh no. I, okay, now I remember which song. Sorry. No. So Mark from Blink One Eighty Two, dude. He, I mean, he very well could basically be the reason. I mean, certainly a huge part of how Newfound Glory blew up the way they did. You know, bringing them on early in their career when Blink was blowing up. Yeah, uh, I'm sure influence onto you know, hit or miss got them the attention, but let's at sticks and stones was their breakthrough album. Yeah, for sure. He I don't was think good too. Um, with, uh, Phoenix TX. I don't ever listened to them, but. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. He was like in their one video and stuff. Like he definitely, I loved that song. Yeah. He was definitely throwing his weight around a little bit, like in a good way to try to help some bands that he, he liked, which was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really liked that about him. I, I, I do love despite how much I didn't really love Enema when it came out. I'm still a huge fan of Blink by Two. At the time, still loved them. Yeah, uh, and just thought that was really cool of him. How he, he definitely was trying to bring up some of these other bands he was a fan of. Yeah. So, Mark from Blink was brought in to do back and vocals, and for some reason, Ian couldn't play bass or wasn't available or something. So he ended up playing bass on the track instead. Cool. So that's a that's a super cool note. But okay, let's go to Head On Collision. Unless you have some more notes you wanted to share on. Nope, nope that's it. Okay. <laughs> that's a great story man that's it was nuts it was nuts it's crazy yeah. yeah it was crazy head-on collision the other huge yeah. probably probably just as huge as my friends over you song i would think if not i mean they're obvious they're known for these two songs yeah if any if you bring up newfound glory to someone and they know the band they know at least one of these songs exactly yeah I wonder what it's like to have that kind of legacy where people are still asking you or still love the shit you did 20 years ago. It's got to be awesome. But then also like every night of your tour, you play of all these shows you've done, however many they've done at this point, you know, hundreds, literally hundreds, actually thousands at this point. And I, yeah, like it's, I wonder if it's like equal parts awesome that people love that stuff from 20 years ago as much as they did, you know, today as they did, did then. But then also, you got to play it again for the you know fifteen hundredth time. Yeah. As I was listening to uh, the Krista Makes podcast, Mark 
from Blink was on one of the episodes talking uh, about Enema of the States, and uh, uh, I'm having a brain fart on what the first on what the song was. What was the first single? Took her uh, out. It was a Friday night. What's my age again? Yep, yep, yep. Talking about that, he like he find he finds it hysterical when people tag him on social media with it's. Uh, it sucks being 23 or nobody likes you when you're 23 references. <laughs> he was talking, he was talking about someone tagged him in a picture on their birthday of a picture of a cake that says, nobody likes it when you're 23. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Oh my God. That's all. That's so I, he still loved hit, getting those references and things. Yeah, like yeah. That. I don't, I would like to think I would enjoy that still. I mean, it's your bread and butter. Yeah. Well, having but, a legacy, you know, and, yeah. and, and that's a pretty cool legacy to have. Yeah, but I mean, as far as the song go, I loved this song then. I love it now. I think I appreciate. I definitely appreciate this album more now. But I definitely appreciate this song more now than I even did then. So, like I said, my friends over you established them. This is the one that kind of cemented them as a band. That going forward, if you knew Newfound Glory, you were going to know one of these songs. I like that they slow it down again, but I feel like this is the song that, that really builds starts to show that they can build up layer, 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 layer to this huge crescendo at the end. Whereas yeah. there's just all this shit going on and it's all great that it's so hard to pick one thing and focus on that. Yeah. Wait, so maybe I was wrong then. Was this their first single? And then My Friends Over You was their second No, single? My Friends came out first. Oh, okay, my bad, my bad. Okay, so I had my story flipped then. So this was the one that was like, oh, this should have been a single. Okay. Yeah, greatly. It's And like we're talking about uh, what, you know, what, um, order do you put the songs on the album what order do you release singles and they kind of for this album release two different kinds of singles one faster one slower i assume intentionally or someone yeah. you know thought of that it, you know certainly both speak to me but maybe those two songs there are some people who gravitate more towards one or only towards one and you know hook them into the band um, but it yeah, definitely seemed like you know two smart choices off the album because they are different enough songs um which i think was smart well i think when you're talking about singles that's what you want to do i don't know many artists rock artists that have put their first single out there as a slower song <laughs> it's usually mm. the first singles you know usually that rocking song that then yeah. if not the second single definitely at the third a third single if you're doing one as a slow song yeah it's, it's kind of the formula but yeah, it also right. get, at least gives you that variety because, of course, you're also trying to sell records, yeah. get people to show. So you want to <laughs> show them that there's different types of music. But I, I feel like this is where they really develop musically because I feel like, you know, you can shit on. I, I hate when people shit on a band just because one song gets so ridiculously popular. Yeah. This is, you know, one of their songs that did that. But I also feel like listening to it now the musicianship and the way they were able to construct the song it's kind of mind-boggling like i said it all they keep adding stuff in and then you have this slowing it down building building and it just builds to to an epic level by the end yeah which is really cool for a pop punk band like that like you don't necessarily expect that and i'm not saying you have to lower your expectations but when you think of that genre and the fact that they were able to deliver so well on that yeah no it's i mean i like pennywise but it's not a pennywise album pennywise has one sound and that's what they play yep. yeah yeah no same yeah pennywise is great but yeah they a lot of similarities song to song. yeah <laughs> it's been a summer that's the next song and it's funny i don't know what it is about this song it's not it like in the context of the album i don't it's not one that you think would really stand out but it i fucking love this song yeah i i think it's a good like you're saying with head on collision how it, like it builds this one it's i like it and then like the second half it changes enough where i'm like i'm really into this song and, and i i love i i end up really loving this song yeah like i said i've been listening to this album a lot the past week trying to get ready for this and this is one of the songs i've probably found stuck in my head the most interesting certain lines from other songs get stuck in my head yeah. and i'll talk about that because one of the lines that got stuck in my head a lot is probably from my least favorite song on the album 
Interesting. <laughs> but like I don't it's been a summer. I don't know. I feel like this could have been a great radio song, but at the same time, there I don't think there's anything special that would make it stand out from other radio stuff at the time. I don't know. This is it's it's a weird song for me the way it fits. Wow, I really like that thought. Sorry, like I know it's like dead air, which is no, no, it's a podcast, but like I would not have thought of this as a third single and how it would have stacked up on the radio, especially at the time. Yeah, this would have been an interesting choice, but you're right. I don't know if it's different. And I don't know. That's interesting. Okay, I gotta think. After this, I gotta re-listen to that song and, and, and think about that. What's weird is. I don't know how many singles they're actually credited with this, with on this album. Like definitely my friend and head on collision, but like there's a official video floating around for understatement, but it's just concert footage. Oh, and I couldn't find anything that ever said it was, you know, released as an official single or anything like that. Okay. I don't know if I've ever seen that. Interesting. But it's just like touring footage of them and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, this is, I'm prob- I may have caught myself sending lines to this song more than any other. And I thought I had a note on this song, but I don't think, maybe I don't. I don't. Not this one. Okay. The next song. <laughs> so. Oh, it's been a summer. I forgot, almost forgot. Also, one of my favorite breakdowns on the album when it gets to the bridge. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like that's when, like I'm liking the song, and then when that kicks in, that's I, th- I like, think that, I think that's what sealed the deal for me on that song. Yeah, exactly. Changes it up. It's this just awesome beat down of a tune, is how I'll call it. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Before you know, going back into it, but it also kind of changes the vibe a little bit. I think. Yeah. No, exactly right. Forget my name. This is the one with Alkaline Trio sending background vocals which I had no idea again until this week. And I looked that up. Yeah. I had no idea. So this song I loved and it kind of reminds it's, it's not exactly like their first album, nothing gold, but it's kind of got a little bit more of an emo tinge to it, which that first album had a little bit more emo in the mix. So it, I wouldn't label this song emo, but I think I think if this was on their first album, it wouldn't stand out like a sore thumb. Like, what? how is this on this album? It, it doesn't, you know, I, th- I think it would fit on that first album that had more emo, I guess. is. I think I think I get paid a quarter every time I use the word emo. So I'm just <laughs> you, know what's, lot, but... you know what's funny? I did find a quote from uh, Steve Klein, the rhythm guitarist there. Like, they attempted to move away from the lyrical nature of their self-titled and debut album, Nothing Gold where pretty much every song was about girls. Yeah. They got away from it a little bit. Obviously, half the songs on this album at least are still about girls, but they did diversify yeah. a little bit. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So, Forget My Name, I, again, I think this was one of the songs that took time to grow, grow on me. Like, it's great now. It's a different, still a catchy pop punk song, but it's a, I feel like it's a change of pace from what I've heard on the album so far. Yes. Just enough for it to stand out and it helped me remember it. Well, and like you said, and again, not to like, <laughs> poor Pennywise, but like, it, it, yeah, you're, you're not Pennywise track to track with this. It, it is a different enough pace, but it, it still fits. Like the, the album is a cohesive experience without feeling like it's just the same song over and over again. But this one does deviate maybe the most, at least mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. And this is one okay so if i think about a single lyric maybe that i've had stuck in my head from this album more than any other it may be the line uh, i wouldn't expect anything less uh that he sings in this song i don't know why i did like that pre-chorus or the bridge or wherever he sings it in the song i don't remember now where he's like i wouldn't expect i wouldn't expect anything less i just i don't know where just pops in my head all the time this past week it's so good <laughs> like, it is and i like that um this i'm not sure this may be the first kind of the first song on the album where it really starts with just one instrument like it starts with just the guitar and he i like he starts off singing the chorus to just a guitar yeah. so you you have a real chance to absorb the notes being played 
And then, you know, they for the verse, they bring in for the chorus before the whole band jumps in for the verse and then on with the rest of the song. So it is another song I feel like they tried to set up to have that iconic and iconic opening uh, that people will know the second they start playing it. Exactly. And I think they deliver on that. Yeah. Never give up. That is the next song. Uh, this is, I'm not going to lie, this is my least favorite on the album. Really? Okay. Yes. If I was okay. ranking these, this would be the last song on the album for me. Well, I, I want to make it the last song on the album. It's just the last, least favorite song. Yeah. Okay. On the albums. I don't, like, I mean, it's a solid, back to the super fast-paced style they're playing. For me, it's a solid, fast-paced pop, pop punk song. Mm-hmm. Fits on the album. Mm-hmm. It's not out of place lyrically, musically, anything like that. I like it. It's fine. I don't know. There's literally for me, this is more of a filler song on the album, like the only one. I think. <clears throat> excuse me. I think if this didn't come after "Forget My Name," I think this song, not to use my emo word again, this song it leans more towards the rest of the album, but has just a little bit of what the previous song had that it kind of transitions. I think it's a good transition song. It kind of gets you, it's like a step back into full on who Newfound Glory is on this album. And again, I didn't think of like least favorite songs. Hmm. Again, I'll have to listen to this one. We're done <laughs> and form an opinion. There, I mean, but even to the song's credit, like I like it. I mean, it's a fine pop punk song. Uh, yeah. My favorite part of it. So there's an instrumental break uh, where Jordan just goes so and like to yeah. you know pick back up for at the end of the bridge to go into the end of the song. That part's great. I don't something yeah. about that part really stuck out to me as I was listening to it. That's what makes me remember the song is that specific part. Yeah. Other than that, I I yeah. may I would probably just forget the song. That is a great part of the song. Because it's like a quick change in melody, uh silence while he just gets kind of breathes in to go all out for the very end exactly the great houdini as we closing in on the last quarter of the album here this is another song i had a lot of lines uh stuck in my head all week and also towards the bottom of my favorites for me i think if i'm if i'm trying to put these in favor order and not what i would put in album order this is towards your bottom you're saying yes me as well yeah yeah i i like again i I like all these songs but yeah this one would for sure be towards the bottom i like the little like musical interlude kind of thing about halfway through this also not to spoil it but this song is also the one before my favorite song on the album so (laughs) um it kind of has that sad distinction of you're in my way to my favorite song. So <laughs> get get out of the way. Yeah, yeah. It's like so, trying to shove me. a person out of the way in front of you to get to anything you want to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like me trying to get to a cold beer. <laughs> get out of my way. You are preventing me from happiness. <laughs> exactly. no, like I like this. I mean, I, I like the song. I like it better than uh, "Never Give Up," which was the last song. Uh, one of the things that stands out to this song and one of the reasons I do like it is I think this song might have the most melody changes like they are quickly changing between melodies in this song and as I mentioned earlier it's something that impresses me, it's something that catches my attention plus I feel like it keeps the song listenable Yeah, Uh, it doesn't feel like it's dragging when done well of course well, and think of it just attention span. So if it's the same thing, it, it can easily turn into background noise. But if it's if it keeps changing, it keeps you know bringing your attention back. I think I'm not speaking for you. I think a lot of people <laughs> who are drawn to fast pop punk music probably maybe sometimes struggle with paying attention, and I know I do. So I think that the, the fast, quicker songs, and then something like an album like this, which even within the songs, there's change. Uh, helps keep my attention and keeps me you know interested yeah it's and it's interesting thinking back on it now this album came out in 2002 pop punk is really starting starting to blow up uh starting to really hit its heyday 
so kind of diversifying your songs it's not this definitely not the way it is now when you think of a pop punk band i think interesting totally i think it's a totally different atmosphere now if you buy a new album from a pop punk band i i expect to not hear and i I hate that i keep using pennywise as the example (laughs) but any band and because they're awesome at what they do i love pennywise i feel like i have to clarify this statement but they're playing the same type you every song is the same type of yeah style you need to i can't take that now (laughs) like i need melody changes i need different types of songs on my albums yes i just I, but i also want to they also need to fit so i love this thought so th- and this is around the time where i finally started listening to different kinds of music like i was you know 1994 green day dookie came out this is punk music i like this kind of music i i can only like this kind of music because that's what you do you only like one kind of music and around when this album came out is when I was like, oh, there's other kinds of music. So to your point, you're right. I don't want to hear the same thing over and over again. That's boring. So on the same album, I don't want to hear the same thing too much over and over again. But even like and going back to Napster, well, now I can go listen to whatever kind of song I want next. So then it's like I still appreciate the whole album. And ideally within an album, I can get that difference. Mm-hmm. But also at this time in my life was when I was getting into which – again we'll lead into the next song other kinds of music and genres where i'm like oh there are good you know you know musical acts i should be checking out and listening to an open to exactly and you know and i bring up this point because the bands that were started to blow up at this time we like we mentioned phoenix tx there's a number of for so many forgettable pop punk bands because i don't and i feel like it's because they didn't really diversify their sound they tried to capitalize on the sound uh, but at that time, the time, there's just so many that another so many fall by the wayside. If you can't evolve, if you don't want it, if you're not interested in doing other stuff, I, you know, I don't, I don't, you can't make it. I don't think. hundred percent agree with you on that. Let's talk singled out because this is this, my friends over you and singled out are, my, are t- kind of tied for my three favorites. Honestly, nice. it's leaning, it's leaning towards singled out. I was wondering if this was going to be your least favorite earlier when you're like, we haven't gotten to my least favorite. And I'm like, I hope it's not singled out. No, no. My favorite on the album. This is from the first second I heard this song, I had this ranked at the top of the album, probably. Uh, Depending on the mood I'm in, it goes back and forth between this, my friend, and understatement. I'll just say one, that. Talk about change. It has like that electronic intro, which they've never done before. And then, you know, great pop punk song. And... This is where I can, you know, I don't know how long we've been going. This is where I could, we've been going like an hour, maybe. I could go on an hour long time. (laughs) I won't, uh, based off of this song and one of the reasons I love this song so much. So Chad screaming at the end is, or towards the end. Oh, yeah. Is everything to me. That, That right there is, it's weird. It's like they wanted to test something or put something in there that, made the song stand out because that's the only place in the album that it happens yes uh chad coming from a hardcore band of course i i tell you what so okay personal thing first and then musical thing like just musical genre thing so because of him singing in the band shah halud um got me into hardcore too but he had, he had left that band by this time he was 100 percent newfound glory so and i'm now a fan of a band that has continued without him and they had a great vocalist at the time, but it wasn't Chad. So again, being a taller guy, I'm, I'm seeing him in concert. I wore Shy Halud t-shirt, got right up front, and they started playing this song. And Chad looked right at me. And when it came to that part of the song where he gives his guitar up to the guitar tech, wraps the microphone cord around his arm, comes in the crowd, he's like, this dude's getting it. <laughs> and he screamed right in my face, which is the weirdest thing to be excited about. But it's the closest I would ever get to see him in this other band I love that he was such a big part of. So like, that's like the personal, like, oh my God, it just, he, he was that cool to recognize I was a fake that wore the shirt, you know? So he's like, all right, this dude knows what's up. I'm going to give him exactly what he wants. But um, to make it not about me, I just think about how big bands like A Day to Remember got mm-hmm. with this, the, the pop punk singing, but the screaming as well. And I wonder, yeah, if, 
and I love Newfound Glory's career, but I just I wonder like in some alternative universe if they had leaned into that more, if that genre would have come about a little quicker, if they would have if that would have taken for them. I just like you said like trying something different, like testing the waters. I don't know. I think there's a couple songs on other releases where he did a little bit more of it, but um, it's definitely not prevalent. Yeah, yeah. But uh, like just uh the placement where he does it in the song and honestly i mean it's fairly minimal but it's fucking perfect yeah exactly and like this song it it just rocks it gives me goosebumps when they change the melody to go into the chorus yes (laughs) i was like you said like listening to it this week getting ready for the episode same thing i was cooking dinner yesterday when this song came on i had and i know this is going to only be audio but like when that part was kicking in, you know, like I just like stopped and like, you know, put my finger up in the air. I'm just like, you know, sing along and it just, it just totally, it took me out of the moment. You know, like it took like, it took me out of just listening to the music to get, you know, used to it so I could speak to it while I was doing something else. It's like, no, 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 you're not going to do something else to this song. Like you have to be all in, there's no distraction. You know, it's just, this is what you're doing for the next three and a half minutes. And it just, oh my God, it pumped me up so much. <laughs> Again, yeah. one of the reasons I couldn't listen to this before going to bed. <laughs> yep. All right, let's move on to the final two songs here. We got Belated. The more and more I listened to it, again, this was a song that had to grow on me. I remember that then, and I remembered it now as I started re-listening to the album. Yep. I lost track of how many times I listened to it this week to prepare, but the more I listened to it, the more I started to get back into this song. Uh, st- it's uh you you definitely need something to slow down <laughs> yeah. slow down yeah. uh after yeah. singled out there and that's what this song does a little bit i love the chorus sounds like there's again kind of like head-on collision it reminded me because there's a lot of stuff going on that it's difficult to kind of pinpoint one thing that i like more than the other but yeah my note was i really like the vocals in this one and then some nice layering. And I think that's my way of saying the same thing you just said. Like, it, yeah, it, it, there's there's a lot going on. It, it, yeah. It, yeah. It, like you said, it, it slows it down a little bit after singled out, but still feels like it belongs on the album. Uh, I did notice that when they go into the bridge, he does use the word bridges. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if that was intentional or not. <laughs> and like I said, it's it's another great example on this album of a song using the verses to build and build until you get to the chorus. I think this song does that really well on this album again. And I think that's melody wise because it start the song itself just starts slower. It's not one of the more fast paced songs, but they build it really layer it as you said yeah. <laughs> uh, really well into yeah. the chorus. And then at the end, it that's when I started thinking it has the same kind of build layering where they're just throwing all kinds of shit at you by the end of the song. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And the story so far. I love this song. I think it is a great closer. First note I wrote, great song to end on. It says <laughs> understatement is a great song to open the album on. This is a great song to end it on. Yeah. Quick note before I forget it. Two bands got their name. Two popular pop punk bands got their name from Newfound Glory and this album. There is a pop punk band that's done well for themselves called The Story So Far. And All Time Low, who pulled that from Head On Collision. Legacy. I love All Time Low. They're great. Great legacy. But The Story So Far, I love this song. It's a great way to go out on the album. Just a super catchy pop punk, slowed down slightly pop punk song. It uh, does another great job with building and adding those layers because by the end of the song, they've brought so much stuff back in that you didn't know was coming. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this this album was definitely an experiment for them, I think, based on the self-titled and Nothing Gold Can Stay. Like, they they tried all kinds of new shit on this album, and for the, the majority of it worked. And I wonder how much of that, going back to the producing or, or you know, how many... You're right. They experimented, yet it all fits. It all works. So definitely, you know, they're being steered in the right direction. They're being allowed to experiment, try things, but it still fits into a box, but it's not too boring of a box. It, it, it seems like a, a contradiction 
that it's experimental yet so cohesive of mm-hmm. an album. Yeah. At this point, listening back to this, I feel like experimenting is something they wanted to do. I suspect the producer probably spent a lot of his time trying to rein them in. I feel like that's probably the how that relationship worked. I'm and I'm just guessing. Yeah. But I feel like if you're someone if you're in the mood to experiment, you need to have a producer or someone there behind the scenes to tell you that's not could be cool, but it's not gonna work in the context of what you're doing. I feel like that's probably the most important thing they can tell you. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think that's probably a big part of it is is you you have the individual musicians trying to do their thing, and you have to have that person who kind of, you know, they're, they're seeing the tree, the producer is seeing the forest, you know, and, and I think those all those roles are important, yeah. I don't think, did I have anything else on the story for? Starts out with just the drum, which I enjoy. Of course, then it comes in the guitar, slowly through the first verse, drum changes up, and then the second guitar comes in. So there's a lot of changes, like right off in the first minute of this song to really build and lead into the second half of the song and the conclusion. Like I said, like they experimented with on other songs of this, and it, a lot of layers they did. They had the songs that were straight out, punch you in the face from start to finish. And then they had the songs that layered it on. And for me, one forgettable song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but like it's a party but even that forgettable song never give up it's still a good song it still had a moment in it i really like towards the end that kept me intrigued yeah it's a great way to go out i love this album it's a great party album uh you got any more thoughts on the story so far no or the podcast so far (laughs) there we go i I love yeah this is definitely my cup of tea i mean i we got to know each other from beer stuff, but like we definitely have overlap with some music. So I was very excited when I saw your list of potential albums to talk about. And uh, I knew how much I love this album and uh, I think it's a great idea. So I'm glad you did. We'll see going into final thoughts here. (laughs) Final thoughts. I think all the songs, like I mentioned earlier, I think all these songs flow great together lyrically and musically. Like that's another, like you can have a great melody but if you can't sing lyrically correctly to it, yep. and we say this criticizing full, knowing full well, I couldn't do it. <laughs> if I, tried, I can't write a song, <laughs> but I can hear when the lyrics sound weird or the rhythm of them. Yeah. Like I listened to this album the other night. I, I think I, I haven't listened to newfound glory albums probably since after coming home. Yeah. That was probably the last album I really listened to. Uh, Jordan's, like Jordan's voice, definitely he ha- he has a nasally sounding voice. I don't think there's any way around that. You can make that argument. You can, of course, early two thousands pop punk. You can make the argument that a lot of this is probably going to blend together, hmm. like a lot of the pop punk albums that come out during this time. I don't necessarily think that's the case. I can I feel like I can hear the differences, but I I can't. I'm not certainly not going to say you're wrong. Like I said, this has one song on there that I could take or leave. But like after coming home, I went and I listened to out of curiosity they released an album back in 2020 i think infinity times infinity forever or something like that they have one or two songs for that i listened to those just to see again how they sounded and just like lyrically they sounded so weird and so different rhythmically when it came to the lyrics and stuff and i don't know if that was a product of steve klein being kicked out of the band yeah i mean musically it was cool they were still stuck between that pop punk hardcore yeah. sound, but yeah. like the, the the way he was singing the lyrics, I mean, this is just kind of weird. After listening to how well Sticks and Stones flows, yeah, because you you think you know if they're if they're this good now, they're going to keep getting better and better at every aspect of songwriting. Yeah, I, coming home was was too different for me, but then I started checking out some albums afterwards. And yeah, I think musically, I really liked him. And I do like his voice a lot, but I, I think you and I are on the same page. Some of the lyrics, not even just the content, but like, like you're saying, how how the lyrics... No, and yeah, it, was, it wasn't even content related. It's the yeah. way he's saying in them and the way it's kind of supposed to fit with the music. I'm like, it's, yeah. it's not the same. Yeah, yeah. That would be my criticism as well, yeah. I'm certainly not saying Steve should have been 
kept in the band. He's definitely oh, yeah, no. definitely the right movie. We're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was never replaced, by the way. I think they still they remained as a uh, foursome after that. Yeah, they did. Yeah, I think that's all. I think that's going to do it for this debut episode of Jukebox Deep Dive. <laughs> <laughs> Jukebox Deep Dive. And if I was having any hesitation about that name, there's none now because I've used it. And now if I put this out there, I have to use that name. <laughs> it's a great name. I mean, I, hey, man, it, random albums going loosely in depth on them from people that don't know about music or play it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Let's wrap things up. Thank you, sir, Kyle Wolf, for hanging yeah. out and talking about Newfound Glory. I greatly appreciate that your time, of course. Anything you want to plug for No Hype or anything? Yeah, well, I mean, thank you for having me. This was fun. I, I love doing this. It's a little different than what we normally do, which is yeah. cool. Yeah, No Hype Beer Reviews on YouTube, uh, Instagram. Yeah, just No Hype Beer Reviews. Awesome. So I'm going to say this in a very general way, as I have, again, this podcast is so new. I don't have stuff everything's set yet so you will be able to find this podcast in all major platforms i assume and expect and anticipate uh so be sure to follow jukebox deep dive on twitter at jukebox deep dive as well as following the show on facebook and instagram provided i have those set up by the time i post this (laughs) again this podcast is so new i haven't even had time to do everything yet uh still trying to get stuff together got a going to put out 15 episode season and we'll see how it goes over on people but this will be the debut episode i feel like this went well enough to publish hopefully i would publish (laughs) hopefully you feel the same way (laughs) so thanks everyone that will hear this and be sure to help spread the word and pass it along go rock out to something